1: Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for downloading episode 157 of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam from golfunfiltered.com. You can find me on Twitter at golfunfiltered, and you can send me an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. Bob Lampkin is a name that most golfers will know quite well because most of us have probably played with Lampkin Grips at some point. He is the president and CEO of Lampkin Grips, and he and I have a great conversation not only about the family history of the name Lampkin of the company history where it came from back in 1925 in the Chicago suburbs of all places. It's a, it's basically a home game here today, folks, for me. Uh, but we also talk a little bit about three great new products that Lampkin Grips is releasing as of April 1st that uh, Bob himself will tell you a little bit more about. So this is a great conversation about a part of golf equipment or a piece of golf equipment that we probably don't think too much about, but we definitely should because it is the one piece of equipment that we always use, regardless of club that we hit. A couple quick shout-outs, as always, first and foremost to my friends over at the Hacker's Paradise, and to those of you who are listening to this show on the THP radio app, and also my friends over at Cleveland and Srixan. as you guys know, I'm playing their equipment this year. I went and tried the utility club, the ZU65 Utility Club. You can read the review on the site. This is my most favorite club I've ever hit. And I'm not just saying that. This is an incredible, incredible club that you need to check out if you haven't already. I'm going to save so many shots using this club. It's ridiculous, especially on tight par fours as well as long approach shots. So definitely go out to the site, golfandfilter.com, to read my review on it. Go out to Srixon.com, uh, or srixongolf.com to go ahead and check out the ZU65 utility iron. It's the number one iron on the PGA Tour for uh, that purpose and uh, cannot possibly uh, recommend it highly enough. So without much further ado, let's get back to Mr. Bob Lampkin, President and CEO of Lampkin Grips. Let's go.
0: I'm happy to spend as much time with me, with you as you like, Adam. I really Perfect. appreciate
1: it. Perfect. And so, you know, as I mentioned, Bob, we can kind of just get right into it. You know, I'm very excited to speak with you and listeners. We're talking to uh, Bob Lampkin. He's the uh, president and CEO of Lampkin Grips. Uh, obviously... Anyone who's played the game of golf for more than ten minutes, more than likely, has had their hands on a product made by your company. And so, before we get too ahead of ourselves, uh, you know, Bob, why don't you let our listeners know a little bit about yourself and and your family history and the connection with the game of golf?
0: Adam, thanks for uh, for having me on. I'm excited to uh, to go through the history of Lampkin and the and the new product launches that we have coming up this summer and next year. Uh, for the for the listeners, um, really, what uh, what's interesting about Lambkin, which might be a little known fact to a lot of the industry, is that we're the oldest grip manufacturer, um, actually in existence today. It was uh, started. Uh, the company was started in Chicago, um, outside on the southern suburbs uh, in Beverly, um, by my grandfather, who started in the leather business, all grips, way back in the nineteen twenties. Uh, our company was established in 1925. The majority of grips were were, were leather uh, leather grips, and Lampkin was the primary supplier of golf grips um, to the golf industry back in the 20s. Um, and we can talk, you know, discuss today how it's evolved to where it is here in uh, in 2018
1: it's an amazing story and, and listeners you can go out to to lampkingrips.com to learn a little bit more about the family history and, and bob as you mentioned your your grandfather started the company uh around the suburbs of chicago which listeners to this show know i'm i'm located around there um and you're now the third generation uh of that family history and i can imagine that you've seen a lot in your time associated with with the company in terms of just leaps and bounds with uh, with a part of the golf equipment landscape that you know a lot of people probably don't think too much about, but I'm sure you've seen a lot of innovation.
0: Well, it's absolutely through the through the three generations of Lambkin from 1925 to today. It's amazing the transformation that has happened uh, through through my grandfather, through my father, and to myself with. With the industry as it's grown, um, with the brands that have grown, um, back in the day it was Spalding and Wilson and McGregor, and today it's TaylorMade and Ping and Titleist, um, Callaway. It's been amazing how the, the industry has evolved into new brands with the traditional brand still there in in some way, shape, or form, but the industry has really grown with the technology, and the golf companies are just amazing with the product that they're putting out today.
1: I imagine those times, uh, you know, growing up, with your grandfather leading this company, you know, kind of uh, trying out all the new things and, and and learning all about the game of golf. You know, do you have any insight, or, and I'm sure you've had conversations even with your father and your grandfather about why getting into the golf grip game? You had mentioned your your grandfather was in the leather business, but what made that transition to uh, the game of golf?
0: Sure, sure. Well, my grandfather back in the day was was a young man working for a company called uh, Chicago Rawhite. Hmm. And back in the day, Chicago Ryehide provided many different leather-produced parts to the automotive industry and whatnot. And he was a young man sitting in a meeting, and Wilson Sporting Goods came to them and said, hey, we want to put a leather grip on a golf club. Chicago Ryehide declined, but my grandfather raised his hand and said, you know what, let me tinker with this a little bit. Hmm. And he started tinkering with leather grips and tactifying agents and whatnot in his garage, and that's how Lampkin Leather Company came
1: to be. Hmm. That's that's really interesting, and I'm always just fascin- fascinated with how you know well-known companies such as yours get their start. And and one of the things that really impresses me the most about Lampkin, and it always has, is how uh, deeply connected you are with with your customers. And even on your your website, you you have outlined what you believe in from a, from a company mission and and vision. And, you know, how have you connected in other ways with your customers over the years, other than just the fact that, you know, we quite literally hold your product in our hands every time we play the game?
0: Well, I really appreciate Adam, the comment on that because it's, it is a, a single goal of us for lack of a better term for our company to remain intimate, if you will, with our customers. That's being a good listener. Hmm. Whether we're sitting in a meeting of Callaway or one of the manufacturers, or there might be um, uh, a retailer that's in North Carolina uh, that's looking for a solution to a specific grip um, or a grip that he can't find, his business intrinsically is just as important as the large manufacturer. So what we want to maintain here is a sense of, of focus and intimacy with the end user, whether it's a consumer, uh, a wholesaler, a small retailer, um, or a corporate giant
1: which is something that we don't see too much with the bit larger companies. And, and I'm just so happy to, to learn that you guys have done this and I've seen it with my own eyes too. I mean, I've used your grips throughout. I've been playing golf for over 20 years. I, I've used Lampkin. Many people listening to this have used it as well. It's a name that people know. Um, I imagine though that you also get feedback from your customers on an ongoing basis. And, and maybe, could you speak a little bit about how you take that customer feedback and, and does it, uh, does does it impact from a research and development standpoint new products that that you uh, release?
0: Well, absolutely. the The feedback that we get from from golf professionals, um, green grass professionals, touring professionals, um, independent retailers, uh, all people that touch the consumer, they give us feedback on what they'd like to see, what needs to be improved, and by the way, what we're doing well. Mm. So what we do is we take that, um, that information, we bring it back to R&D uh, and engineering, and for the listeners, they would be, I think, pretty much amazed at the amount of technical engineering that goes into uh, the development and launch of a, of a new grip, hmm. which I'm sure we'll touch on later in the show. Uh, but we, we really pride ourselves on being good listeners and then developing from that feedback.
1: You know, it's something you touched on, which is interesting. Um, I, I just uh, spoke to Dean Snell, who I'm sure you know, and, and is someone who's in the independent golf ball industry. And and he talked a little bit about how feedback from tour professionals really differ from uh, the average Joe golfer. And, and I think when listeners hear that, I mean, that's kind of an obvious thing, but but I don't quite – think that people understand how intricate and how important the feedback from touring professionals is because this is what they do for a living. And so when you when you work with a touring professional, how do you do you follow a similar process with the feedback they provide or is it something different?
0: Well, I tell you the timing of the question couldn't be more perfect for the <laughs> listeners. I was just off the phone with our tour rep who is down in Houston this week. And he's working with Justin Rose, who is one of our players. Mm-hmm. And Justin has been a huge supporter of Lampkin and playing Lampkin grips from his teenage days in, um, in the U.K. And he's working with us on the new TS1 grip. And to give the listeners an idea of how exact tour players are, we slipped the grip on. He's playing an REL ace grip currently with us. And he said, this grip feels larger in the 5 and 6 inch area wow. to my right hand. So we went in, and he goes, "Please measure the grip." The grip was two thousandths larger <laughs> in the five and six inch area, and he felt that. Wow! So the preparation for tour players, we measure the gram weights are exacting, the materials are exacting because they take their grips very seriously in regards to their performance of their equipment. They they pay just as much attention to the grip as they do the shaft. Or the swing weight uh, or the head it is it is an understatement to the consumer um, on how um, exacting tour players are with their golf grips.
1: That that's incredible, and you know it's it, when we when we make the comment of, of someone just striping the ball on TV that they're being a surgeon with that, I mean, literally, they, they have to feel it in their hands, and and it likens it to to someone conducting surgery sometimes, just with the uh, the sensitivity aspect. That that's a great that's a great story with with uh, Justin Rose. But you know, I, I want to talk a little bit, Bob, about the new products that you uh, referred to, and I know that you guys have some great things happening over at Lampkin, and and uh, what are some of the things that you guys have uh, that consumers can not only uh, get involved with but also try out on their own equipment?
0: Well, what's really w- we're very excited about uh, this year is we've launched in April 1st. We have three new models that we're launching in the swinging grip category. Mm. Uh, we're calling them Sonar, TS1, and Comfort Grip. And each one of these grips are designed for a specific player category. Mm. Um, for example, the the sonar grip is what I consider to be a universal grip that pretty much all players can uh, take advantage of consistency, you know that type of thing. Mm-hmm. The TS1 grip is geared; it's a little bit firmer compound. It's geared as for a tour, a tour professional size, and it's a little bit firmer for players that don't like as much torque or um, softness in the grip. And on the other side of that spectrum is our Comfort Plus grip, which is very soft, and it's for players who really like the softer, oversized feeling grip. All three of the models are a combination of our micro texture patterns. They vary a little bit. We found a way to 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 really put uh, a dynamic feeling micro texture on the surface of the grip. Mm-hmm. But what's really exciting to me is the material that's in these three grips have been, uh, was an 18-month development on a hybrid-based material that gives the grip an exceptional feel, durability. What I love about the hybrid material that we're working with in these grips is that the grip doesn't change its feeling or textures in different weather conditions. It feels the same at 50 Mm. degrees. Remember our spring days in Chicago? (laughs) I do. (laughs) How cold it was? And that grip would resonate right up the shaft Right, if you missed it. Mm -hmm. This material, the the material that we put in these new grips, allow that grip to have the same feeling in your hand at 50 degrees that it does at 80 or 90 degrees. It's amazing Uh how great this material feels.
1: Wow, Gri- grips have come a long way since leather, Bob. <laughs> I mean, that's oh, they have. That's amazing. Oh, they have. And, and you know, you speak into my heart here because you know, it, sitting in the Chicagoland area right now, it's still a little chilly out there, and uh, definitely understand what you're saying about hitting one thin and feeling it a little bit different in my current grips. So, you know, it's you mentioned a lot of good things there, and and you had talked about just the technology that goes into these these grips. You know. Uh, a lot of times, when, for example, I go out to, to pick up a new set of grips for my clubs and I want to try something new, I don't necessarily have the opportunity to get fit. Quote unquote, for a grip. You know, I just kind of go and I feel around to see what I think would feel great. And then you kind of have to take that leap of faith as a consumer to, to make the purchase and put it on all your grips. Uh, how does Lampkin kind of uh, help the consumer in that way? And, and you, you outline these three great new products. How would I know which one I would want to try uh, over the others?
0: Well, I tell you, you know, there's uh, another great question. I always say that grip fitting is 50% science and 50 percent feel mm. so for players that have uh... in our market here in the u.s uh... uk and europe as well you have to have multiple sizes of the new launch that sh- that we have right so you have an undersized grip you have a standard size grip and you have an oversized grip or what we call mid-size the player that is doing the regripping can ask advice from their uh... the retail partner golf professionals uh, wherever they're getting their clubs done. But there is a comfort factor of getting your hands where you feel you're married into that grip where both hands are not uh, are working together as a unit and not mm-hmm. opposing one another. So it's really player preference. Um, but in addition, there are some standards about how you would want to grip uh, the golf club and the size grip that would go along with that.
1: hmm that that's really good to hear, too, because I think, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you speak to many consumers, as you mentioned earlier, they go in, they take a look at all the different types of grips, they want to try something new that would fit their game the best. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, I've always wondered is just, there's, you know, there's cord grips versus wraps versus, you know, tour velvets back in the day, I remember, you know, there's all these different types. It's just a matter of, to your words, trying out what you think would work best, but also I'm sure there are some tips that you could probably give to our listeners to really help them make that decision a little bit better. And in so far, to word it another way, Bob, you know, is there a... a, uh, feature of a grip that people should be looking out for for their particular game, whether it be durability or the conditions they play in most frequently outside, what would you recommend someone to keep in mind when they walk up to a store?
0: Well, you know, what I would uh, what I would caution against with my next comment is that the grip isn't a cure-all for all, for our golf schools, but it can help <laughs> dramatically. For example, the, the tour players that we make grips for, um, they, some of them, they will build their grips up at different points of that grip, specifically mm. under the right hand, because the, uh, the, the majority of tour players want to take one side of the golf course out of play. So okay. they build up their, their lower hand, uh, obviously for a right-handed golfer, the right hand. What that does is it slows their release at impact so they can, they can get their speed and still hit that hard big cut out there mm. with their driver. For, for, for us as our weekend warriors, if you're slicing the ball, you might want to consider having a, a smaller lower hand grip so you can get your hands to speed up and release. Hmm. For those that are that, that hitting their hooks, you might want to have a, a less tapered grip to keep yourself from, from, from getting that right hand or that lower hand to overtake at impact and hitting the, hitting the hook. Mm-hmm. So the size of the grip that you have on your golf club can actually determine or help you with
1: your shot shape. See, and that's listeners, that's the stuff that you're not going to get at, at a store most often. <laughs> I mean, that we're talking to the guy that that definitely puts this out there and, and and creates opportunities for you to improve your game. And and Bob, you know, I'm sure you and I could talk forever on this topic and I just have a couple more questions for you here, but you know, one of the things that I also um, noticed about lambkin is you you offer. Many things in addition to the the regular grips, quote unquote. Unquote. You also offer specialty grips. You know, for people that might have specific needs. And and do you see that you're going to in the future branch out into other ways to help those who may need assistance with uh, holding a golf club, or uh, perhaps even different ways to help grow the gri- grow the game? Again, with a product that everyone has to use.
0: Well, that's another Adam. I I love the question because we here what we're working on right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna address the junior market mm-hmm. for for we what we want to do, and I think it's everyone in the golf industry's responsibility, regardless of what you're supplying or who you are, to grow the game of golf. And that comes from our our youngsters coming into the game, and what we've avoided for the most part, or haven't done a really good job with. Is developing products specifically for the junior community to come to come in and actually get the right grip because they're playing with the right size grip. So, what, what we're doing at Lambkin is we're working on, for example, our new launches of TS1 or Sonar. What we have to do is invest back into our in, into our game and make a grip that is the right size for. Um, a youngster girl boy that's 10 11 12 years old because they're in no man's land right there right the grip, the standard grips for us in the market today are just too big for them and what happens is they develop the wrong grip early and then it's very difficult to correct that that uh, grip when they get to be older hmm. so what we want to do is really invest in uh, the the smaller grips that's fitted specifically for the juniors uh, to invest back into the game
1: that's a great idea, and I'm glad that companies like yours are taking those initiatives to grow the game and make it more accessible and enjoyable for golfers of any age and skill level. And, you know, Bob, uh, listeners, once again, we're talking to Bob Lampkin, uh president and CEO of Lampkin Grips. You know, uh, one of the things that I've always wondered, and I've heard different opinions on this, and, and I'll, I'll let you go after this question, is, you know, should I have the same grip type throughout my bag? I've had I've got friends that say no I I like a different type of grip for my wedges. Uh obviously the putters kind of a different animal. It's a very personal thing. Uh but in your opinion, do do you feel that you should have one consistent grip throughout the bag or is there value in maybe having a mixture?
0: Well, I believe from my experience with our tour players as we've developed uh, with our grips and our line going forward here in 18 is the consistency from driver into your irons. I would concur that we would want to have a standard grip f- throughout that set. What we have learned from our tour players and what we've launched is our cross line 1150 grip, which is longer and has less taper for your, uh, your wedges. And what that allows the player to do from our testing is it keeps your hands that longer grip with the with the larger less taper allows the player to have his hands less active during the chip or the sand shot, which then utilizes the functionality of the sand wedge. Hmm. So my my suggestion back to to our listeners today is to consider a little bit larger grip for your sand wedges and your chipping to take the wristiness out of that shot.
1: Hmm. I've written that down, and I'm going to take that advice. <laughs> I could definitely use that help. Uh, you know, listeners. Again, we're talking to Bob Lampkin. He's the president and CEO of Lampkin Grips. Be sure to keep an eye out on April 1st. Right is the release date for the new three product, the three new products: the Sonar, the TS1, and the Comfort Plus grip. But also go out to LampkinGrips.com to check out all the great options they have out there. Bob, uh, let's do this again. I had a lot of fun speaking with you today.
0: Adam, thanks a lot. I appreciate the time.